Okay, before we jump into today's show, I have something really important that I want to talk to you about. I'm working on this a really kind of a top secret project, something that I'm really passionate about that I think is going to help a lot of people. And I wanted to see if I could get your help. Now, I'm not going to talk about exactly what this project is, but let's just say it's specifically designed for people who do not yet have a real estate business. They wanna be in real estate. They love the idea of starting a wholesaling or a flipping or a buy and hold kind of a business. They've been listening to my podcasts or other podcasts and they really wanna get started, but there's something holding them back. There's something that's keeping them from doing it. It could be their own self-doubt. It could be friends and family telling them they're crazy. It could be as simple as they just don't have a plan. They don't know where to start. They don't even know what to do first. Like, how do I start this journey? I want to help with that. And by you reaching out to me and telling me that's who you are, that you're that person who wants a real estate investing company, whether it be a side hustle or you want to do this full time, you want it to be your main thing. Either way, if you haven't gotten started and something's holding you back, I don't care what it is. Could be, like I said, you, could be your family, could be your spouse, could be just lack of knowledge. Like you just don't know what to do first. You don't know how to start. Or maybe you don't even know what it is you want to do in real estate. You don't know if you want to flip. You don't know if you want to be a wholesaler. You don't know if you want to buy rentals. If you fall into any of those categories and you want my help with it, I am offering that to you right now. All you have to do is go to mike at juststartrealestate.com and put in the subject line, help, and I will reach out to you. I don't care if you've never done anything before. If you're completely green and you don't have a clue as to where to get started, that's the person that I'm looking for. And maybe you do know what you want to do. Maybe you know exactly what you want to do in real estate, but still something's holding you back. You have some fear or something. I want to help you get unstuck. So please take advantage of this opportunity. Reach out to me. Email me at mike at juststartrealestate.com, subject line help, and I will get right back to you. We'll set up a time. We'll hop on a call and we'll chat. I want to help you get unstuck so you can move forward and realize your dream of having a real estate investing company. So reach out to me, use that email address, subject line help. I can't wait to hear from you. All right, guys, let's dive into the show. And so I was like, whoa, this is amazing. You know, like I, I bought this house. Well, I bought my first house with 18 grand down. I sold it two years later, made 100 grand, bought two houses. So no more money out of pocket, cashed out, refinanced, bought a duplex for no more money out of pocket. So now I have like three rental units and a primary house for pretty much my first $18,000. Yeah, um, yeah. So at that point, I was just like, well, this is awesome. I'm just going to keep <laughs> doing it. You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. All right, thank you for being here with me. I appreciate your time, I appreciate your attention, and I know you could be anywhere you wanna be, but you're here, so thank you for being here, I appreciate it. Today I have a good one for you. I've got on the show Justin Hanna. Uh, Justin worked for a long time as a lineman. 
No, not if you're a football fan. I'm not talking about like an offensive or defensive lineman. I mean like the guys that climb up on the telephone poles or the, you know, the uh, electric poles and, and do that work. So he did that for an awful long time, about 13 years before he finally went full-time in real estate. But along the way, he was doing some great stuff. He was building his portfolio and kind of building his empire. And he went from like a $5,000 net worth at 20 to well over seven figures by the time he was 31. And he quit his job. Matter of fact, he quit his job as a lineman literally the day before this episode was recorded. So that was really, really cool. He also has a very cool podcast called Real Estate Investing 365. And uh, he currently owns over $2 million worth of real estate, which consists of 12 rental units and a single family home. So guys, this was a fun interview with someone who really understands what it takes to get started, to start a little bit small and build methodically into something that can replace your income. It was a very fun interview and I think you're gonna get a lot out of it. So without holding you up anymore, without delaying, I give you guys Justin Hanna. Hey, Justin, thanks for doing this, man. Thanks for being on the show. I appreciate your time and I appreciate you agreeing to do this. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, it'll be fun. Of course, of course. And, uh, you know, we do a little background investigation on folks. And so I know a little bit about you, but why don't we dial the, the, the clock back here a little bit? Talk about before real estate, wh what were you doing and how did you get into real estate and why? Yeah, so... Um, you know, I'm 33 years old. My wife likes to remind me all the time. Um, and I got started in real estate, I guess, back in 2009, but not really, uh, for any particular reason. Mainly the reason was because I was 20 at the time. My cousin was the same age and he bought a house and, uh, we were both living in the Bay area in California and, uh, we we're kind of like brothers growing up. So it was kind of competitive. And I was like, well, shoot, he bought a house. So, um, I might as well buy a house too. Um, but at the time I was, a an apprentice lineman working on power lines. Um, I got started in that right when I was 20 years old. So just a few months later, I bought my first, I guess I was 22 when I bought my house. I got started when I was 20. Either way, I was working on power lines, you know, it's a lot of overtime, became a journeyman lineman and then, uh, kind of just did that. And actually yesterday was my last day at my utility that I worked for for 13 years. No kidding. And so now I'm full-time full real estate. Yeah. I yesterday just, was your last. That's amazing. Yesterday. Wow. Yeah. So we're recording this. What day? Are, we're recording this on, well, I don't know if you want to say, but That's January fine. 20th. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. So January 20th, January wow. 19th is the last day. Yeah. Congratulations, man. That's awesome. I don't know. Thanks. Like, I mean, it's also cool that on your first day of quote freedom, you're like, you're working, right? You're not like saying, Hey, I'm going to celebrate, take a day off, lay in bed yeah. all day. Like you're going for it, man. That's awesome. That's very cool. Congratulations. By the way, alignment, Thanks. I don't know anything about the job other than when I was in corporate, I knew a guy who like he, he that's, that's what he wanted to do. Like he wanted to leave corporate and he wanted to be alignment. And, and I think mostly because don't they, can't they just make an insane amount of money? Like somehow he was telling me about it. Like, and it just seemed like yeah. you could make just a sick amount of money. Do I mean, you're up high, you're out in the weather, like that kind of stuff is rough, but he was like telling yeah. me how much money he could make. I was like, what are you seriously? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you can make, I mean, first getting hired as an apprentice, you can, you know, you don't have to go to college, you go through an apprenticeship with the company and all this stuff. And, um, you know, starting out first day, you'll be making over 
over a hundred grand a year. And once you're a journeyman, I mean, I know guys that are making fi over 500 grand a year. I mean, that's insanity. Um, like, wow. But you're working a lot, right? You're yeah, working a lot yeah, of overtime. Yeah. You're traveling. You're like away from, so once you get older, now I have four kids. I just had a baby in October. It's like just being away from the family, working nights yeah. and stuff kind of, you know, um, yeah, there's it's no amount of money that would make me want to do it. I don't want to be outside up on the thing and traveling and all the overtime. Like, that's not for me, but I just could not believe, like you're saying, how much money can be made. It's amazing. Um, yeah, it's crazy. So you just quit yesterday. You had 13 years on the job. Why would you, other than I get the traveling and you have kids and stuff like that, but you said you don't know what got you into real estate. You got into real estate, it sounds like 11 years ago or 12 years ago. Did you know that you got into real estate? at like probably the best time to get into real estate. Cause that's what I got into one year before you did, I got in and I didn't yeah. know, I just sort of, that's when I did it. I didn't realize what a fantastic time it was. Yeah. So I guess I did a bad job of explaining that and I kind of got sidetracked, but um, I, I had no idea what time it was at in 2009. Right. I, yeah. I wasn't really paying attention cause I was so focused on working. I was young um, trying to get going and become a journeyman lineman and stuff. So I bought that first house, um, lived in it for a couple years and all I could afford at the time, uh, it was in the Bay area in California, Livermore is if anybody knows where that is. Um, you know, it was, I paid 300 grand for a foreclosure, but it was a half of a duplex. So just one side, um, 900 square feet. And that was all I could get because even there, even foreclosures there were still half a million bucks for a, yeah. a house and being yeah. young, I didn't have any money. So the only way I got into it, I used, you know, a first time home buyer loan, uh, three and a half percent down, but I sold my truck, sold my dirt bike, uh, just scrounged together all the money I had and used it to put down the house. Well, yeah. um, I lived in it for a couple years, you know, fixed it up, did the yard and, you know, redid the inside. Yep. And my, uh, wife, I well, we were girlfriend, boyfriend, and then got engaged at the time. We wanted to move back up to the mountains where we had, uh, where we met, where we both grew up. Um, so I decided to sell the house there, that little half a duplex two years later. So that was in 2011. And, uh, you know, I made a hundred grand on it, sold it for 400, you know, but after you put money into it, I put maybe 20 grand into it and living there, you yeah. know, I guess we just got to live for free for a couple of years after yeah. the profit. And so I got a check for like just over a hundred grand and I was like, well, what do I do now? You know, so I used half of it to buy another primary residence and, uh, um, I'm like, oh, I don't want to spend the rest of the money. So I bought a short sale in my hometown where we moved back to as a rental property. And, uh, once I did that, the reason why I knew to do that is because I just read rich dad, poor dad, which is probably every single person's read it, but it's the <laughs> yeah. greatest book ever. Yeah. Um, and I started listening to uh, bigger pockets and just like, um, money pod was it even podcast then? I guess it was, uh, yeah. Money podcast and money radio shows and things. Yeah. And yeah. I'd got the idea of having a rental property and, uh, that's when it kind of, that's when my rental, uh, investment side kind of kicked in was in 2012 when I bought that first rental. Okay. Property. So what was the conversation you had? I'm just curious. I always like to hear like a little bit behind the scenes because people go, Oh, I decided to buy this. About like, did you tell your friends and family? Did you tell your girlfriend? Like, I'm sure you told her, but what did they say? Did they think you were crazy? Did they think you were wasting money? Do it like I, back then, by the way, in 2009, I remember what I do remember is 
the media and everyone was telling you the sky was falling in real estate. So people just mm-hmm. had this thought of like, get away from real estate, real estate bad. Obviously, when when stock prices drop, that's when you should buy. Well, real estate prices drop, that's when you should buy. But everyone was telling me at the time, like, you're crazy. What, what were your friends and family telling you? Um, well, they didn't really have any input. They thought it was cool once I bought the the rental property because okay. I didn't really have any friends that were doing that, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I was already making, um, you know, 120, 130 grand a year at that time when I was young. And so I didn't want to just spend it all on toys like I had been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't have any friends that were really in the same position as me. So they're just like, whoa, you're buying two houses right now? And I was like, yeah, I guess. I don't know what else to do. Um, but <laughs> it's the most casual 2000, approach I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, shoot, I don't want to waste it. Yeah. Um, but in 2009, when I bought that house, really the, the reason why I decided to buy it is I kind of understood that I didn't want to be paying rent. And before I moved to Livermore, I was living in San Jose. And even at that time, during the recession, my rent was like, I think it was 2200 bucks a month for a one-bedroom apartment, right? Yeah. Um, and my mortgage was going to be $1,800 a month. So I was like, well, what? I just for 18 grand, I can get into this house and, um, you know, have less payment than I'm paying on rent. So yeah, yeah. that was kind of the reason why it had nothing to do with the real estate market being down or okay. anything. It was just like save a little bit of money, you know? Yeah, exactly. So take us through that process for the next, well, 13 years, you just quit, right? What, when did you yeah. decide like, okay, real estate is something I want to focus on. Like, this is going to be, this is going to be me. Like, uh, this is what I want to do. Yeah, probably. I mean, right after I bought that first rental property, I mean, my mind was all in it. You know, I was listening to podcasts and in hindsight, over the last 10 years, I, I could have gone much faster because I know people that I've met that weren't in real estate and now they're, you know, 10 times farther than I am. Yeah. But, you know, having family, having, I had three kids in the meantime, I've moved and yeah. gone to different states and different things. I kind of got slowed down, but, um, one of the big things I was like amazed at is that after I bought that first uh, rental property in 2012, six months later, I cashed out, refinanced it. Um, and I bought the property for 145. Uh, it appraised six months later at like 210. Hmm. And uh, so I cashed out and I took out 45 grand. So pretty much everything I put down on the property, I took everything back out yeah. and I bought a duplex in uh, the next town over. And so I was like, whoa, this is amazing. You know, like I, I bought this house. Well, I bought my first house with 18 grand down. I sold it two years later, made 100 grand, bought two houses. So no more money out of pocket, cashed out, refinanced, bought a duplex for no more money out of pocket. So now I have like three rental units and a primary house for pretty much my first $18,000. Yeah. Um, yeah. So at that point, I was just like, well, this is awesome. I'm just going to keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's funny. It's amazing. This is You don't learn this stuff in school. Like No one talks about this. I don't know about you. It sounds like your friends and family were not doing this kind of thing. So it's like people stumble onto this or they hear about it on, on a podcast like yours or mine or Bigger Pockets or whatever. And it's like, wait a minute. Why isn't everyone doing this? Like this, everyone should be doing this, right? It's crazy how, yeah. how incredibly powerful it is what you did. And you just like kind of stumbled into it a little bit you didn't really understand it going in yeah well i mean and part of it you know i've heard other people tell me oh but you were making good money well i was except for the fact like a lot of that for one um i was starting a family i had a couple kids at the time you know i had my daughter in 2013 i had a stepson and we had another kid and um 
you know, we were spending a lot of money too, though, because we were living the family lifestyle. I was paying a lot of taxes in California. We had kind of a high primary mortgage. So, yeah. um, you know, just making good moves to continue to grow that. Um, right. And, you know, one of my goals is I didn't really want to stay being a lineman. You know, I didn't really want to do line work when I got into line work to begin with. Okay. But I was young and it paid good money. And I yeah. just like, you know, you get stuck in the routine. So yep. one of my goals is always to get away from line work. So I didn't really know any other way to do it. Right. I didn't go to college. Um, I didn't have another degree. I didn't really, you know, unless I'm going to go build houses. Um, right. Which is which great trade too, but I didn't really want to do that. So I figured the only way to get out of this is to like get enough units to at least cover my monthly expenses to where I can then someday step away. And then luckily that's kind of what just happened, I guess, yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> that's know? amazing. What did they say when you left? Cause I assume if you were making 120 as a, as, as when you were starting out, like you're making a lot more than that now where people like, what are you doing? Or does everyone at this point yeah. kind of know what's happening? And they're like, Oh yeah. I mean, I've it. talked about it. I've talked about it for so long, you know? <laughs> um, and I actually, I actually left back in July, but I went on baby leave. Um, cause I had a baby in October. So yeah. I've been on like baby and COVID leave for six months or yeah. five months. Um, so the yesterday was actually just the last official day, but yeah, I mean the last two years I made over $300,000 a year doing this line work thing. Um, and so a lot of my friends and family don't, they don't know exactly how much I made. I guess they will now, but, uh, <laughs> they all knew that it was such a great job and they're like, why yeah. are you leaving? You know, the retirement and this and that. Yeah. Um, but I always tell people, you know, I, I do own like a 12 unit apartment building or complex and, uh, the cash flow that I make off of that, that I've had for a couple of years now is the same as what I would probably get from pension if I retired. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm making from this one apartment place the same that I would make in 35 years if I stayed at this company, right? Yeah. So why don't I just go all in on that and kind of take a couple steps back for a couple of years and then just really try to focus on that. And totally. if it doesn't work out, what do I have to do? I just got to go back to climbing power poles for a few years, you know? <laughs> exactly. So, all right. Like you said, you got this. So the, the apartment building thing is that, are you more, are you doing multifamily more? Are you single family or just kind of whatever comes up or where, where's your focus going forward? Yeah. Um, well, kind of like everybody, you know, I would like to be more multifamily, um, but I don't like paying the higher prices um, just because where I'm at now. So I'll kind of back up and tell you how I got to 12 units. So okay. I had the, the first rental property then I bought the duplex and I held, I remodeled it, held it for a couple years. <clears throat> and then I wanted to move up, but I didn't have like enough money in cash to buy uh, more units. Right. Yeah. Um, so I ended up selling the single family property in the duplex and I did a 1031 exchange. Um, so I didn't have to pay yep. the taxes, capital gains on that. And I found these 12 units, which are actually the residential properties or three fourplexes. And so I 1031 these two properties into these 12 or three fourplexes, right? These right. 12 units, um, which going back, I started with 18 grand, if everybody remembers. Yeah. And I kind of got that to 100, then cashed out, bought the duplex, and then I sold and I got $230,000 from the sale of those and yep. put them into these fourplexes, right? So that 18 grand now is 230. And now today I think I have 600 and something thousand dollars in equity in those properties. So that 18 grand has grown just in this one line, this one right. linear line, right. uh, over 600 grand in equity. 
Um, that's amazing. So, that's so cool. Like that, like cannot yeah. be understated how how powerful that moving up and kind of like you said, you're you're doing some work, you're fixing, you're cashing out, you're taking that money and moving it into something bigger. Like that, that is exactly how it's done. Like that's how people should realize it's not like you have to have hundreds of thousands of dollars to start off. You know, you just need a little mm -hmm. bit of money, get that first thing and just keep kind of trading up and, and making it, making each thing a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger. That's amazing, man. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, and it, and it takes, and I could have gone much faster, like I said, cause other people have, but I could have also done nothing. Right. So yeah. I'm kind of in the, in the middle there. Um, so my goal would be to buy more units. And so in this meantime, right. Um, I've owned those three, four plexes for, uh, since 2000 into 2017. Um, but I've bought and sold, uh, full five other single family properties, right? Like bought them, fixed them up. Some of them I lived in, some of them I didn't, and then sold them to gain, gain some cash yep. in my bank. Cause I knew I was going to be leaving my job this year. Right. Yeah. Um, so my goal is to buy more, but right now I'm also trying to buy off market single family houses. Cause that market is just so hot where I'm at now in Boise. I moved up yeah. to Idaho with my family. Okay. Um, I think buying the off-market single-family stuff, flipping them, um, is a way to increase my cash to buy a bigger property. Now, are you right? using Which, your own money for all these purchases at this point, or are you borrowing money or private money? What are you doing with that? Um, I mean, anything I'm going to hold, I'll, I've been using conventional financing okay. so far, um, but I have done some single-family recently that is like uh, hard money or okay. private money, right? Yeah. From friends that I want to go in with together. Yep. Or there's some hard money lenders in my market that they're not cheap, but you know, maybe uh charge you two I think two points plus ten percent. Okay. So that's not actually horrible. Not, that's not horrible. I mean there's people charging no. a lot more than that out there. So ten yeah. and two is not the worst it's not the worst terms in the world. So that's yeah. that's awesome. So you're so you are flipping some houses then. I mean, why not? So let me just play devil's advocate. Why not just mm -hmm. go all in on flipping or why not? Why multifamily? Why do you want to move to multifamily? Why not just a bunch of single family houses and kind of stay in that single family realm? It's because multifamily, while not more difficult, it's different. I mean, there's different, uh, different calculations, different due diligence. Why not just stick in mm -hmm. single family? Um, well, I guess I, w I would if I could find stuff that met my numbers. <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> if the numbers works out, yeah. um, I'll keep it. So every okay. property, so I am right now, like everybody is, I'm going direct to seller, whether I'm like, I have a cold caller that I hired and sending letters. And my main goal is not to be a, a big wholesaler, right? I don't really just want to like wholesaling properties, but more I want to like find properties that meet my criteria yeah. to hold as rental properties. Um, up here in the local market where I'm at, it's really hard to meet the numbers, right? The yeah. prices have gone up so much and rents haven't really gone up. So um, the only reason I wouldn't hold it is because it doesn't meet my numbers and I could probably flip it and turn it over and make a good chunk of change where the return would only be six or 8%, which is not really yeah. what I'm looking to hold. Yeah. I might as well put it in something else, you know? Totally. And I would imagine Boise is a little more cost effective than where you were in California, or is that not true? Are, are prices pretty high in Boise? Well, yeah. So they were more cost effective. Um, that's where I bought my three, four plexes. Yeah. Um, but recently, I mean, I told people two weeks ago, I checked the MLS and I think there was three days worth of inventory on the MLS in a valley of 800,000 people. Wow. So, 
um, it's very hot because a lot of Californians and people from Washington are moving here, yeah. um, like I did. But they have a lot of money, right? They're coming with a lot of money, so the prices are going up. But the rent hasn't really gone up that as much because the local people can't really afford the houses. Yeah. Um, so there's like a big discrepancy, right, in price of properties now versus what you can rent them for. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a hard market. So I do want to go to multifamily just because the returns are better, and I like five unit or more because of the way they're um, valued. Yeah. And you can increase rents and then increase the price of property sure. and all that stuff. Um, it's just finding one off market is, is the ticket. So you think you moved to Idaho so that, you know, at the very least you're going to get better, you know, real estate prices than California. And next thing you know, Idaho is, is shooting up in, in it's value. It's crazy. All right. Yeah. So you left your job yesterday. Once again, man, that's just so cool. I know that feeling. I remember when I left my full-time job, what an awesome feeling that was a freedom. Um, but let's, how, how did, okay. So how did you make that decision? Everyone sort of has a different way. Some people just go, screw it. I'm burning the boats. Some people are super conservative, save a ton of money. Like what was your criteria? What was maybe the agreement with your wife about how, what had to happen in order for you to get to that point where you could actually quit? Yeah. Um, I'm kind of right in the middle of burn the boats and then like I talk a big game, like burn the boats. And then when it comes down to it, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Let's really think about this. Um, so part of the reason why it took me kind of, I haven't been as active as I wanted to be in real estate is we actually moved to Idaho in 2017. Um, and we only lasted six months. Um, I just took a leave of absence at my job. Um, we got up here, it got stressful. You know, we had a, our second, our third child at the time, baby, um, and we got scared and we like, plus we had some family health issues back at home. So we, mm. six months later, we turned around, went back to California. I got my job back and continued working. So we, like, we had like a false start. We're like, okay, we're going to move. Oh wait, this is a horrible idea. Let's move back. <laughs> um, so, uh, back to your question was like, my wife was all on board because we both wanted to move to Idaho just because we grew up, we were living in a real small town in California, mm -hmm. right? It's like a thousand, it was 1500 people in our town. Uh, beautiful place up in the Sierra Nevadas by Lake Tahoe. Great area. Um, it just, there wasn't enough like upward trajectory for the kids. And then plus okay. for myself, I always kind of thought I make good money as a lineman, but I'm not making as much as I want to make someday. And yeah. I, I need to like go a different route that has no ceiling. Um, so my wife was all on board because her parents decided to move up to Idaho. Her sister moved up here. Um, so didn't take much convincing of her to go back a second time. Um, okay. just had to, I did save extra money this time and just kind of plan better than the first time. Yeah. So, okay. So did it, was there like a number you had to hit? Like, I'll just tell you what I'm getting at is when I left my yeah. full-time job, so my wife is very conservative. I'm very aggressive financially. So for me, I would have been like, I'll tell them I'm leaving today. Like, I don't care. I'll figure it out. I have just ultimate confidence in myself. And my wife is a little bit more conservative, right? She's, I would say, probably smarter for sure and more logical. So she's like, well, so I was like, all right, here's the deal. If I can save in the bank, set aside cash equal to one year's salary, then mm -hmm. that gives me at least eight months of runway before I would have to go back and try to find a job if this doesn't work out. Like, it's completely safe. The job market is very healthy. I should be able to find a job, no problem. What do you think? She's like, if you can do that, then I'm, I'm on board, right? So we had like this agreement of what was the criteria that had to be met in order for everyone to be comfortable and happy with it. Now, was your wife just like, 
we're going to do this again. You want to do it, like go for it. Or does she have any, did she have any reservations that was like you had to work through? I, I don't know. As a single guy, maybe you would have done it differently. I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, if I didn't have a family, I would have done it years ago. Right. That's <laughs> yeah. the kind of the reason I'd stuck around for yeah. so long, but, um, no, I didn't have a specific number. Uh, it mainly the reason why we went when we did, as opposed to waiting another year or two is cause I was concerned with, uh, <clears throat> the market, the yeah. economy. I didn't know where it was going to go. It was kind of like volatile, right? Like obviously everybody knows 2020 got kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, and our house price had gone up a whole bunch in California um, so I was like, man, I don't want to be stuck in this house and like lose out on a bunch of equity yeah. if it happened to go down, you know, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. So it would just happen to be a good time. Um, one thing that I did happen that I planned to do before we left was refinance our fourplexes. So, um, our rents had been going up at the time, um, on those. So I think our gross rents are like 10, 000, just over 10,000, $10,100 a month. But our monthly expenses after I refinance, including management and everything, is only uh, just under four thousand a month. So oh, nice. I was making six, like six grand a month in cash flow. Plus, we have some other investments that pay us another fifteen hundred a month. So seventy seventy five hundred dollars a month in cash flow. I was like, yeah. okay, now we're at a spot where this will cover all our bills. Our mortgage is going to be cheap in Idaho. Uh, we got a bunch of money in the bank from selling our houses in California. Yeah. It's just time to go. But my wife was, she was all in. She's like, okay, let's do it. That's She's cool. pretty easy. Dude, that's so yeah. helpful too. I, I talked to so many people whose husbands or wives are not on board. They're just like, they're not down. They, they're they like the people who are telling you like, what about the pension? What about the security? What about, you know, they're just like, they're not about it. Right. And I always tell people, you know, being an entrepreneur, running a real estate business, it's not rocket science, but it's not easy. Right. It's not necessarily complicated. Mm -hmm. It's just not easy all the time. And if you're dragging around this like negative, doesn't want to do it, kind of like arguing, that can make it next to impossible because there's going to be days when you kind of need your partner, your wife, husband, whatever, to be like supportive. I know with my wife, I've had things where it's like, God, this went horrible. Like this, I, I lost money on this or this was really bad. And she's just like, you're fine. You'll get it. Like, you know, there's, there's, there's the next yeah. one. Like the next one will be great. And, and that makes a huge difference because if they were like, see, I told you you're wasting our yeah. money. You know what I mean? Like that's just so hard. So I'm glad it's awesome. It's awesome that your wife's behind it and that she's cool with it. So what do you think your, what does your business look like in five years? Like, I know it's hard to say, and for the record, I think you made a great decision to sell your house. I did the exact same thing. So I'm kind of patting myself on the back. I was really not planning on moving out of my house until sometime this year, but last mm -hmm. year I kind of saw what was happening. I, you know, I talked to a lot of folks. I know you do too on your podcast. I haven't talked to anybody in the industry who knows anything about anything who doesn't say we're in for a correction and that the price, prices are going to drop like the real estate market's going to take a hit now each individual city could have a little different effect but the bottom line is there's going to be a downturn right so i was mm -hmm. in the same position my house was never worth more than it was in back in june and i'm like we're selling right now we're going to we're going to get all this equity out before it disappears and i and i really think a lot of it will so i think that was a good decision but what does your business look like in the next few years like what do, what would you want it to be if you could project 3 to 5 years out yeah man that's like uh, if i if i want it to be in 5 years i would like to have 100 units um okay. that i own now 
hopefully that happens, but now I'm, now I'm not bankable, right? I don't have a W2. So I'm going to have to be creative. Uh, My main way, like this week I have a list already that I'm starting to call local multifamily owners and just ask for owner financing. Um, excuse me. So yeah, in five years, I would like to like have a hundred units and, um, you know, 15,000 a month in passive income. Um, but in the, in the short term, I'd say in this next year, my, my immediate goal is to get 10 more units, okay. owner finance units this, this year yeah. and do, uh, 20 off market deals, right. Yeah. In this 2021, yeah. I think that's possible. I think that's possible to do. Um, but the, the mark, the economy is a, is a question, you know, um, there's, there's bound to be a little bit of hit, but with all the, um, all the money coming in from the federal government and inflation going to go up, you know, house prices are going to go up. They're keeping rates down. Um, in my market, so many people are moving out of like the, the blue States, yeah. whatever your <laughs> political views are, but they're, yeah. they're leaving, right? Like yeah. California's oh my losing gosh. people left and right. And they're coming yeah. to places like Idaho and Texas and yep. um, Tennessee and all those places. So yep. the house prices in those markets, I feel like, I don't know what's going to happen. I feel like they're going to go up for a few more years. Yeah, now. there could be some individual differences, but I, I just think we're gonna we're gonna see something. I think your instincts were right. I guess is is the bottom line. Um, mm-hmm. As far as like your hundred unit thing, like you, it's funny. You, I was watching your face when you said what what you you said. Well, what I want, and then you're like hundred units, and you almost had like this like uh, uncomfortable like smile like i know that sounds crazy but i'm just i i don't think it's crazy at all i think in the coming couple of years i think it'll be the prime time to buy i really do um i think it's going to be a bonanza for real estate investors i think it's not going to be great for necessarily the average homeowner in the united states but mm-hmm. i think for real estate investors it's going to be a little bit kind of kid in a candy store so i would say man i think you can totally do it and by the way for the record i know you know this but i'm just going to say this because i know people are listening who might not know this I think when it comes to like, I want to buy a hundred units and I don't know, I'm like, I don't have a, I'm not bankable. Like you said, private money is where it's at, right? You just, you have to raise private money on a, on a, you have to make that part of what you are as a, as a real estate investor, you find houses, you, you negotiate deals, you, you 1031 exchange up into better, but you also are a money raiser constantly raising money. And Mm -hmm. as far as raising money goes, I know there's a great program out there. I'm just going to mention it for everyone listening. And obviously Justin, if you want to check it out, you, you should, but, uh, it's called the 500k challenge. A friend of mine, Bill Allen, uh, created this program for raising money. And it's, it's the challenge is a 30 day challenge to raise half a million dollars. And I know people personally, I know people who have gone through it and raised that much and more. Uh, and it's an amazing, an amazing short course. It's, it's like a hundred bucks. It's like nothing. It's basically just so it's not free. Um, wow. but go, you guys should check that out. 500 K challenge.com. Uh, it's phenomenal course on raising private money and it kind of covers everything. So I know people who have had yeah, tons of success awesome. with that. So private money is where you're at now, hard money and things like that, like you're talking about friends and family, but like hard money, expensive money is fine. I think that that's totally acceptable and makes total sense. But at some point, like, you know, you can do two things. You can, you can buy properties at a better cost and you can also get cheaper money, right? Both mm-hmm. of them make you money, right? The, the the cheaper you can get the property, the more profit you have. But sometimes people forget that money component because they're willing to pay 15, 20% because they're like, I don't care. I, I just bake it in. Well, what if you got that for 10% or 8% or 6%? So just think about that as you guys are out there. Uh, you know, there's a lot of ways to increase your profits. And one of them is just getting cheaper money. So something to think about. Yeah, no, definitely. And one thing I want to touch on uh, real quick is I'm working a lot on my own, like my mental 
Um, you know, like you said, when I said the hundred units, you know, I have a little bit of like a negative thought in my head about it yeah, already, I but I'm working it. a lot on, on that. You know, I'm, I read every single day, like I'm trying to read a lot of books, like listen to more podcasts and just trying to like work on broadening my mental capacity and in, in, in my thoughts. The reason why this is helping so much now though, is because if anybody's out there wanting to leave their job or they're stuck in their job, you got to remember when you're in your job for eight, 10, 12 hours a day, you're like focused on that. Yeah. So it's hard for your mind to like go and start being creative. And what I've noticed since I haven't been working, cause even though yesterday's my last day, I've been off for a few months. Um, my mind starts thinking of other ways how to expand and like yeah. grow in my personal side or in the real estate business. Whereas before I was like concerned about working on power lines. I was like trying to focus on that during the day. Yeah. Um, so you kind of like start making exponential uh, gains once you get out of that and your mind starts being more free. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you know, I think it feels a little bit like when you're out in the ocean, if you have like a raft or something you're holding on to, you know, it's, it can be treacherous and something can happen, but you're holding on a raft. To me, when you quit that job and you're off on your own, it's sort of like somebody takes a raft away and now you're like, you got to kick your feet. Like you, you can you know, like a, like a shark, you have to constantly be moving and thinking about what you're going to do because your income now is completely dependent on you and what you do. It's not like this some yeah. big entity that's going to take care of you. Right. And not that they mm -hmm. really necessarily will always take care of you, but that feeling of security is gone. You're kind of working without a net, which is exhilarating. Yeah. And it also, like you said, there's no ceiling. The upside is infinite. It's just whatever you can come up with and, and, and do, you know, on your own. But the freedom is amazing. I interviewed someone yesterday and we were just talking about something as simple. And I, I don't know if you do this or what your mornings look like, but something as simple as not waking up to an alarm clock is magical. Like, it's just so awesome yeah. to not have an alarm clock next to me going off to get me up every day. Cause you start your day off, at least I did like kind of in a bad mood when I get woken up by alarm. So I haven't woken up to an alarm in years and it's amazing. Mm. It's just awesome. So, yeah, no, I understand that. I, I do wake up to an alarm though, but it's for a different reason now. Right. I'm like more motivated. So yeah. I kind of like to get up early and, yeah. uh, the best, the best mental thing I've done, I've done it several times is, but if anybody knows Andy Frisella, mm -hmm. um, he's like, you know, business and health guy, uh, his 75 hard program and then his year long program. It's kind of like a mental hardening, yeah. uh, yeah. process. Um, I've done it four times now and I'm, I'm in the middle of it again. So I do wake up early, but you know, I wake up at five o'clock, try to go for a workout read, get the kids ready for school, make breakfast. Then, then yeah. I'm like motivated for the rest of the day, you know, but before yeah. I couldn't necessarily do it cause I was getting up early and going to work. Yeah, so. totally. And yeah. it's all about like how you're wired. So I think what the great thing is, and kind of the takeaway for me is when you're, when you're an entrepreneur, you can decide what works best for you, right? Some people love the yeah. miracle morning and get up and like, for, you know, Jocko Willink, if you know who that is, like you look at his yeah, Instagram, okay. he takes a picture of his watch, like 4am he's at the gym. That's what, yeah. he, that's what he does. Cause that's what he needs to do. Like, he would be a mess if he tried to sleep until 10. I'm sure that he would feel horrible about himself, but you get to like, I think everyone's a little different and you figure out what, what your rhythm is and what works for you. Like for me, I don't work for like eight hours straight. I work in like bursts of like one to two hours with like a half an hour off in between. So, but I also work some, like last night I was working at one 30 in the morning. That's just what I want to do. That's how I operate. But mm -hmm. I like to be able to have a few hours off at four in the afternoon to do something that I want to do. So I, yeah. I'm happiest doing that when I'm stuck getting into work at seven and getting off at three. And that's just what it is. And I can't do anything in between like that. For me, that's a prison, you know, so 
Every, yeah, you just have to figure out what works for you, but you're working, you're figuring out what works for you. And that's, that's the important thing. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. I agree with all that. <clears throat> I stopped in the middle of something and I stumped you. Um, all right. So let's talk about, you have a podcast too called real estate investing 365. I'm assuming that is exactly what it sounds like. You're talking about being a real estate investor every single day of, of your life. What do you what do you talk about in the podcast specifically? And why did you start it? Because podcasts are not nothing. They're they're work. So why why throw mm -hmm. that onto your plate? Why did you do it? Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of probably the same as what you got going on here. You know, I interview people. Um, I try to stick to people more in the beginning to intermediate stages, but I will have people that are far along, you know, so you can just kind of see what um, you know, I had somebody on that 8,000 units, you know what I mean? So okay. kind of the wide gamut from just getting started to success successful. Um, you know, I started it because everybody always says, you know, you need to get around people that are kind of above you or where you want to go. Yep. Um, living in my hometown, you know, I have great friends there and everything, but nobody else really did what I was trying to do or nobody else was really into real estate. Um, so I didn't, it was, ha I was having trouble finding and meeting people that, uh, was into the same thing or, or were, where, what, excuse me, they are where I wanted to go. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so part of the reason was to, you know, network, meet people that I wouldn't nor normally get to meet. And also, uh, I had a lot of people always asking me like, Oh, how are you doing this? How are you doing that? And they don't really ever listen to me personally, but I feel like maybe if I had a podcast, I could say, Hey, yeah. go listen to episode so-and-so, you know, 35 yeah. and yeah. Uh, maybe you'll get something out of that. So the podcast has been great. You know, I've had 76 episodes out so far and lots of great people on there. So it, it's cool. You know, nice, it's a, nice. it was a good thing. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to give back. I did, I did it for very similar reasons. I wanted to get, <clears throat> excuse me, access to folks that I wouldn't get normally. And I really felt like when I started real estate investing, I'm, I'm more of an introvert by nature. So I would go to like a RIA or meetup or something. And I would rarely talk to people. I would be the one sitting in the corner, like my wife and I just like talking. So I know I had, and I thought my questions were stupid, frankly, when I was starting off. So mm -hmm. I thought I just, I want a place where I can answer some basic questions and talk to folks who maybe don't have anybody else that they can ask, or they just want to hear it, like not read it on bigger pockets necessarily and not know, but they want to have some level of familiarity with who's telling them and really just help people honestly and give back. So it's been rewarding for me and it sounds like you're doing it for very similar reasons. So that's super cool. Cause it's not like guys doing a podcast again, it's not rocket science, but it's also not nothing. There's work involved mm -hmm. here and there's time and there's some money and you know, it's not just something you do that takes two seconds. It, there's a little bit of prep there. So uh, there's a little bit of work. So go check out Real Estate Investing 365. And for goodness sake, give it a rating and review because that is currency to, to podcasters. So check it out, download it, subscribe, give it a rating review. Uh, Justin, man, it's been awesome having you on. I appreciate you being super transparent and telling us, like announcing to the world what you made when you quit. So your friends and family now know how crazy you are to have left all that money, but, um, and just kind of helping people out and letting them know what your journey looked like, because I think that's ultimately one of the reasons I do this and probably one of the reasons you do it. Sometimes it's easy to, it's, it's not easy, but it's helpful to hear what other people, their thought processes as they go through this and try to leave their job and, and try to put together this business just hearing different perspectives, sometimes it resonates a little more when you hear something that sounds a little bit more like you. So thanks for doing it, man. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's it's great. And if anybody has any questions, just feel free to reach out to me. And I'm sure it'll all be in the show notes and all this sort of thing. So yeah, we'll thanks, definitely Mike. put in the show notes. We'll put how to contact you. And again, guys, go to Real Estate Investing 365. Justin, until I talk to you next time, man, have a great rest of your year. 
All right, guys, that was Justin Hanna. I had a lot of fun interviewing him. Uh, nice guy, very good guy. I love the power of how he got started so small and grew this thing, like he said, in one kind of a straight line deal, right? He took that $18,000 and grew it into over $600,000 in equity. It's so inspirational. He stayed at his job for a number of years, so it wasn't like this dramatic burn the boat. So even though he said he would have done that, uh, it was more of a, of a reasonable, logical approach that people, I think, sometimes can wrap their mind around a little easier than like, screw it, I'm leaving my job, right? Like he did it a little bit more uh, carefully and responsibly. So cool message, cool guy. He's doing it the right way and he's on a great path to achieving his goals. So I'm excited for him. I hope you identified with that story a little bit, saw something of yourself in there and it inspires you to go out and make something happen for you. Make today that day. Go out there and get it. We'll talk to you next time.